0: talking about power for the past few weeks and uh, I guess it was it's been past six weeks or so or maybe seven but uh, I want you to turn this morning to a passage of scripture in the Gospel of Luke and maybe I'm deviating here uh, but this passage has been on my heart ever since I heard it this week on the radio it was just one verse read and And I've not been able to get it out of my mind. And and I just want to simply share it with you this morning. Um, It's a powerful story. It's one that really, once you read it, it's memorable. It represents two types of people that we often are more like one than the other. And the Scripture continually calls us back to what Jesus tells to Mary here In Luke 10, starting with verse 38. Follow along with me here. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. be taken away from her. Let us pray. Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Would You say some things that no human can say, but only Your Spirit could say to our hearts this morning? Could You do some things? Would You do some things in our hearts now to free us from trouble, free us from sin, anxiety, and help us know the one thing necessary. We pray in Your name, Amen. Here is a scene that you're probably familiar with. If you grew up in church at all, you've heard this story. People even often call themselves at times, I'm more Martha, or stop being a Martha, being busy, doing this or that. I mean, you know how it is when you come to someone's home, or when somebody's coming over uh, for lunch. You know, you're scrambling to get things ready. You're scrambling to uh, make sure everything is perfect. I mean, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a friend coming over. It's, it's another thing to have someone you don't really know coming over, maybe for dinner. Uh, it's another thing to have a celebrity or someone famous or maybe your boss or a CEO of a company you know, coming over. It's an entirely different thing to have God coming over for dinner. Um, that's probably going to cause some anxiety that your friend would not cause uh, if they were coming over. Uh, and so here, <laughs> Jesus comes over and is invited to... Uh, a woman's house here, and it's Martha, and her sister is there, who is Mary. And the scene is very simple. She's getting stuff ready. You can imagine, you know, she's got the stove going. She's trying to clean up this or clean up that. You know, she's probably got. There's probably kids around as well. She's trying to take care of it. And here's Mary, who is simply sitting at the feet of Jesus. And every time she passes by, you know, I mean, you've been there at least probably been there before. Maybe this happens to you at work instead of at the house. And and you're you're hustling, you're busting. You're like, every time you pass by, you're thinking, okay, why is she still there? Um, And you're like, okay, I'm just going to let it go. We'll deal with it later. I don't want to lose it in front of God, right? Uh, I'm going to just just keep my calm, keep going, keep pressing forward, and, and we'll get this done. And so, boom, she's going back and forth and here and there. And every time she passes by, Mary is at the feet of Jesus. And so finally she's had enough. And she says, Lord, um, <clears throat> you know, and she, you can tell, you can almost hear it in the in the words here that are used she's almost being apologetic about this but lord you know could could you do something for me here could you could you do you even care that my sister is just sitting here while i'm running around i mean i understand you're my guest so you should be sitting here but she's not a guest she lives here, and she shouldn't live here. No, I don't know that. Um, I, don't, I don't actually know that about this passage. But, but let's just imagine you know, that she's, she's one of these sisters that just hangs around you know, and expects you to serve. And, and so, you know, sing it. I don't understand what's going on here. I, can you do something? Would you mind saying something to her? Because this isn't really helping get food on the table. It's not helping supper come along. And... Jesus uh, has an interesting response to her, doesn't she? Doesn't he? He uh, and, and Jesus is always shocking in, in his responses. It seems when you when you think he should be harsh, you know they 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 basically shove a rock in his hand and say, "She's committed adultery. It's right here in the law. Kill her." And boom, Jesus is compassionate. Then when the Pharisees come and say, "Look, look what we've done." You imagine that he's going to be, way to go guys, I'm very... And he's very harsh. And here it says, but the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Now I don't know all of what the two names repeated there mean, but I imagine there's some compassion involved. You are anxious and troubled about many things. Let's just pause for a moment. Is that not reality? Is that not your life most of the time? As I've mentioned here many, many times to you, and I hope it's ingrained in the way you read the Bible, the book of Psalms is a very special book, it's a book of prayers. There are different types of prayers in the Psalms. The most repeated type of psalm or prayer in the book of Psalms is lament. A lament. In other words, a crying out to God. Now, how did Bobby start his prayer momentarily, just moments ago? He said, We cry out to you. If you don't see a need to cry to Jesus, you're in a bad place. You're in a really bad place. If you're just cruising through life and you find no need from day to day, week to week, to cry His name, that is a problem. I've lived that. I've found everything in my life just going, okay... And I had not been with Jesus. I had done a lot of things. I mean, I could show you a list, prove to you I had been busy. But, Jesus says there is only one thing necessary. And I wonder... How many of us, if we were really honest, are anxious about our life? Are troubled? Feel like sometimes we're being swallowed by the world? That, that, that there's just darkness at our front door? I mean, you know, your life becomes much better if you just don't watch the news for a day. It's that heavy around us. In your face, you need to, you know, you need to do that from the commercials. You can't even watch TV, you know, football. You're trying to just enjoy some football, and you need this product, and your life will be better with this, and, and you're missing out on that. And you think, okay, I got to do, and, and you, I need to diet, I need to do this, and I need to eat right, I need to, I need to have friendships, and I need to watch Oprah, and I need to do this, and I have this, and, and, and we're all over the place. But the one thing necessary. We don't do. I don't do. This is always a troubling text to me because I find myself in Martha. Look, I can, I can work right alongside the next guy. But to sit at the feet of Jesus, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. It looks easy, doesn't it? I mean, Martha thinks it does. It's harder to cook. It's harder to prepare the meal. Set the table. This is really challenging on so many levels because there is so much anxiety in our world. And it's always been like this. Don't think we are the first civilization, nation to experience great trouble or have busy lives. But with the advancement of technology, we've overcrowded our lives with so much stuff. You know, the computer is supposed to reduce the amount of work and yet most of the time it seems to add work. (laughs) Uh... And so, we find ourselves caught in a net, literally, of trouble, of things to do, of lists, of priorities. And Jesus, we need to hear Him this morning say to us, there's only one thing necessary. It's always shocking in the temptation of Jesus to see Satan... Offer Jesus to turn the stones into bread. And, and you know, we've, I've preached a message here about that and about how if he had done that, you would have ended world hunger immediately. All the pebbles and rocks in India and in Africa would have become bagels and donuts. It would have ended world hunger. But Jesus' response, again, is very shocking. Mankind does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This word. It must be in us. We must live this. This must be our foundation. This must be our food. And Jesus in in John 6: if you don't eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. John 6, 6, 6, says, and many chose not to follow Him any longer. It was too hard for them. Looks simple. Sounds simple. Is simple. But we choose the complex. We choose our way. We choose the more harried way. And hurried way of life rather than the life that sits at the feet of Jesus. It's easier to do things for God than to spend time with God. But what is more necessary? If you're running on an empty tank, you're you're a disaster for yourself and for everyone else. You're not going to be able to minister. You're not going to be able to love. If Jesus is not our priority, none of the other relationships will be where they need to be. You know these things. There's nothing new about what I'm saying. And yet, when we try to live it, we fall right back into our default position of simply doing Going right back to, look what I'm doing, God. Look what I'm doing for you, God. Do you see this? I'm making sure that that you see this. And just like when I wash dishes, I make sure Jessica sees it. Hey, did you check out that I... Did you see that? Clean up the kitchen? Once every three months. And I want to make sure she sees it. And I'm probably going to put it on Facebook. I cleaned up the kitchen. Um... And she normally has to re after me, but... No, we like to be seen. We like to make sure that others see what we have done. We like to make sure God has seen what we've done. Because we think we're playing a game. We don't see that this is a marriage. In a marriage, Jessica and I have noticed this over ten years, there can be a lot of talk in a marriage. But not intimate talk there can be a lot of conversation a lot of activity even in the marriage and yet not a lot of intimacy and love it's fascinating that Jesus right after he gives this story about Martha and Mary goes into prayer teaching us the model prayer Why would that be? Because the way to spend time with God is to pray. And it, trust me, it seems like the most uninvolved, useless waste of time to the world. Doesn't it? You're just talking to yourself, man. What do you mean you're praying to God? Psychologically, you're just talking to yourself. And to your schedule tomorrow, for instance, taking 20 minutes to pray doesn't really fit in, does it? There's one thing that I have, and you can take the good things and leave the bad from anything, you know this. But one good thing I've taken from the Muslim faith is that they interrupt their day five times a day to get on their knees before their God. I wonder about myself if I took prayer and God that seriously. Fault them for other things, please. But for interrupting, making God number one, many of them do a good job of that. And we don't. It's the last thing we do. Or maybe the first thing to get it out of the way. Not a continual thing of prayer. Not something that we would say, excuse me for just a moment, I'm going to need to go pray for 10 minutes because it's that important to me. It's been said that about C.S. Lewis' life, uh, he would be late to important meetings because he was praying. I wish that could be said about me. And I'm just being confessionally honest with you this morning. That this kind of stuff really challenges me to my core. But one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion, and it won't be taken away from her. Jessica, would you read it from the New Living Translation, just that last verse, out loud? Yes. But the Lord said to her, "My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mm-hmm. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away." Have you discovered that ever in your life? Have you ever just stopped, interrupted your life to pray? Interrupted your marriage to pray? You can't fix your marriage. I hope you know that. You can't fix your life. You can't fix others' lives. That's the most frustrating thing about ministry, by the way. Just to be candid. I wish that I could just direct some people. That'd be great. Hey buddy, you're headed off a cliff. I would like to just turn you around here. And i just watch them. Don't you know what's happening? That doesn't change lives. Jesus, alone time with Jesus, crying out that name, Jesus, telling Jesus you love him. When is the last time you actually said that out loud with your mouth? Jesus, I love you. Thank you. Will you help me? We give you the opportunity here at church to have that intimate time at the very end of our service. How many of us actually take that up? Or are we just blank-minded? Do we just move right on to the next thing? Alright, what's next here? Okay, time for lunch. What wonder we have? There's only one thing necessary. It's Jesus. Mary discovered this, Jesus says, and that won't be taken from her. This was intimacy. Just like in a marriage, Just going I have to stop and interrupt our lives, invest our money into getting time alone because we have so many people in our house all the time for some odd reason. Run a daycare every single day. And we have to invest... In our marriage, in order to get some quiet time where the door is shut and everything else is out but us two. And those are times of intimacy. If we're in a marriage with Jesus, we too must shut the door and have that private time with God. It cannot be just. Hey God, can you do this? And Hey, I'm going to need your help here. And I, 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 you know, I need you to do this and, and I want you to do that. That's just the talk between a husband and wife that goes on between, Hey, I'm going to pick up the kids at five. A marriage can be ruined if that's all the talk that ever exists in that marriage. There must be those words, I love you. I am yours. I forgive you. It's got to be verbalized. Confess the name Jesus and that name, in that name is salvation. Because that person is who saves us. Who saves me? And as a minister, and you as ministers, at your jobs and in your families, you too point to Christ. The only way you're going to point effectively is if you're at His feet. Doing nothing but being with Him, I I know how hard this is. I want you to know I'm being very open with you, saying I need more time at Jesus's feet. I, as your pastor, am going to lead the way on this of saying I need to confess today that life comes at you quick. I love the those nationwide commercials that were out a few years back. You remember, you know, I, I trust me, I botch it up, but basically some accident occurs and it says, hey, life comes at you quick. Need insurance. Yeah, it does. It comes quick. And next thing you know, it's been a month that's gone by and you've not shut the door and had private time with Jesus. You have not sat at Jesus' feet to enjoy His presence, His love, to let Him speak over you, to let Him give you visions and dreams and to share burdens with you. There's this beautiful text in Genesis with Abraham's life. You'll know it. (coughs) The three men come to visit Abraham. Kind of represents the Holy Trinity of sorts. Beautiful scene. And they leave to go to the city, but here's what the Hebrew says there. It says, the, it's, what it says in the English is, Abraham stood before the Lord. But in the Hebrew, it actually says, the Lord stood before Abraham. He wanted to talk to Abraham. And what was that conversation? It was a conversation about Sodom and Gomorrah. Who would be saved? And that's where Abraham intercedes for Sodom and says, what about 50? What about 45? What about 40? What about 30? It goes all the way down. <clears throat> God says, I'd save it. I wonder how many times this past week, God wanted to say some things to me, but I threw up a couple things. Hey, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Hey, I'm about to be speaking here. about to be teaching there. i about to be over here with the homeless. Help me out here. And and he's standing there waiting to speak some things into my heart, into my life, that makes me a better father, that makes me a better pastor, a better husband, a better brother. And I just go on. He's not going to knock down the door. And he waits patiently for us to stop, just to stop and sit at his feet. one thing that's necessary. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's that name, Jesus. The most important name you can ever speak on your lips. Jesus. And yet, how many of us have even said that name? His name. Our lover. Our Savior. Our Redeemer. How many of us have told Him? Thank you. I love you. I want you. Help me. It is not hard to pray. Just cry out. You know, I, um, I had a completely different sermon. <laughs> if you can call this even a sermon. Um, planned today. But felt impressed by the Spirit of God to read this, and bear my heart to you. So now I would ask you to do something that you don't always do, and that is to bear your heart before God. I want you to... I mean, seriously, just... Why not now? I mean, just... I'm going to be quiet. You already know what to do. I'm just simply telling you what I'm going to do. It's your turn. We're going to take a communion here in a second, but now is the time where we're going to examine our hearts and say, have I spent time with Jesus? Scripture is very clear. If you take this meal and you take it lackadaisically, eh, just whatever. Yeah, it's just another meal. It's not another meal. It's His meal. It's not my meal. He paid for this with His body and His blood. It's not that you can't take it. Anyone is welcome as long as they repent and put their faith in Jesus Christ. But if you come here with sin in your heart, you know it, and you're still going to continue to do it, you're only heaping condemnation on yourself, Paul says. It's not the way to do it. So I just... I mean, through the foolishness of preaching, I hope you have heard the Spirit say something today because He spoke to my heart. The Rachel song... Again... I don't even know what song it was, but the Spirit's just basically making my eardrums bleed, saying, you got to go back to this text, not what you had prepared. So, however you want to take this, I pray that you take it at Jesus' feet. He is here. If we would just stop and sit at His feet. Amen.